Welcome to a button-smashing edition of ARG Presents. I am Amigo Aaron, joined by a man whose fingers are like little pistons and his brain's like a computer, the Brent. Brain says, go fast, hit button much. Yeah, I didn't tell everyone the computer was an old Radio Shack Model 1. So, if you joined us last week, we spun the wheel, we made the deal. And Brent, I know you're excited about this deal. Yes. This week, we'll be playing games in the vast galaxy of button smashers. Yes. Brent, tell us about the category, why you picked it, and what your definition of those are. Uh, For me, a button smasher is any game that relies on heavy button pressing to accomplish mm-hmm. your task. And really, there's, it's not a track and field, which is the game I chose, obvious to the uh, to the category. But there are other things, too. Like, uh, uh, you had brought up Joust. Joust is a button masher because you have to use the button. It is the primary function of the game for flight is continuously hit the button. Actually, one of the reasons I hate Joust. Uh uh, and then you've also got your shooter categories. Any game that doesn't shmups. Move, that's right. Well, uh-huh. any game that doesn't limit you to a single shot in the screen or something like that, something where you're really going ham on the button all the time. That's that's a button masher too. And I can, I should say that we're going to indiscriminately switch between button mashing and button smashing. Same thing. Yes. Just add an S. Yeah. Sometimes it's so extreme you got to add the S. That's right. <laughs> now, it's funny when I, and I talked to you before the show uh, on the very rare times we speak. And when I began to research this category, it occurred to me it, it's very limited. And our uh, our definition, I'm kind of like you, and I kind of looked at it the same way, but our definition of button mashing is completely different with most people's definition of button mashing. Well, a lot of people is for, like, uh, fighting games when you don't know what you're doing and you just get your hand on the stick and you're just hitting all the buttons at once and hoping something happens. <clears throat> that is the That is the ineloquent. Allow uh, me, button uh, if I may, I looked up the definition for button masher All to right. present to you. Button masher definition. What does button masher mean? Button masher is a slang term used in video games where the players are required to press different button combinations in rapid succession to perform special moves. The, this technique is most often required in fighting games. Nah. Now, nah. when nah. you look up the games most referred to as button mashers, sure. allow me to just name a couple that come up quite a bit. Mortal Kombat 2 and Street Fighter 2. Yeah, see, that makes no sense. Now, these Those are what you call... These are, we would call these the old Commander Random. Yeah, where we would, yeah. Where you would just basically randomly whack stuff to make it, uh, to make stuff happen. Yeah. You don't know what's going to happen because you're just some kind of goofball yeah. hitting it. But that's not really the vein uh, that no, we were going no. in for. We wanted something where the skill of the game was pressing the buttons, not for a random effect, to accomplish your task. Now, would you also include joystick waggling in this category? I wouldn't, uh, although... Strict. It's very yeah. strict. Uh, although I do respect that technically left and right on a joystick is just hitting buttons, so I would allow it. Mm-hmm. But personally, for me, a button is not a joystick. Now, a lot of games that require this sort of play are sports-related, aren't they? Uh, I would say, well, I would say the the largest category of this is shoot 'em ups. Uh, I would say secondary would probably be uh, sport related titles. If you took shmups out of this, yeah, what can you name some of the button smashing or mashing games that you think uh, really fit the mold of this? I mean, I can think of a few, and Joust was one, and of course a couple we picked. But really, when I began to look into this category. I was hard pressed to find a ton of games in the arcade that were. You know, there were way more joystick wagglers than there are button smashers. Well, anything that is from the uh, the track and field framework, you've got your combat games, you've got your hyper sports, um, track and field, of course, decathlon. Decathlon uh, was eighty eight games. Decathlon was a joystick waggler for the Atari. Uh, fair enough. Uh, well, <laughs> like I said, see, that's what I mean. Like I said, I would accept that. It personally doesn't. Touched my heart, but I would accept that. Um, but you've also got, like I said, I when I think of button mashers, I really my first thought would go to shooters. Any any game that gives you unlimited shots, where you just really are going crazy, where really, if you destroy your enemy before they shoot, then you don't have to dodge their bullet. So you shoot as fast as you can to kill as much as you can to keep going. I thought of a couple of these. In fact, there were a couple I picked. One I, I mentioned earlier was Joust. Another one I thought about, and a, a game where it's... Uh, and there were a couple of these. 
uh, back before joysticks were widely used in the arcade, you had buttons for con everything. And defender so, type defender, yeah. Now, defender does have a joystick, uh, but it's it, it's only left or right. You have everything else is buttons, and also uh, uh, games like uh, uh, Space Invaders, yeah, where they have uh, they have no joystick. They're all they're all about the pressing the buttons, yeah. And so you don't have a choice, but you have to go into button smash. Now, Space Invaders is a little more low end in terms of the speed you have to low hit key, them. Low key, yeah. Uh, but uh, those are one the few that came to mind. But I I found this a. Uh, uh, challenge this week a little more you had to be sort of creative to look through the list and try to pick out the ones that, i didn't i picked the obvious one well, well <laughs> bully for you yeah you didn't really pick the obvious one either uh in a, in, in, a, in a certain way now again i personally categorize wagglers in this category because i mean let's face facts you're waggling that joystick because they don't have two buttons most of the time at, at, at home uh, and just as we probably won't come back here again are there any waggling games that you find that stand out or in your mind or things that you used to play quite a bit? Uh, there really aren't. Uh, like I said, I'm I'm mostly a button smasher guy, not a joystick waggler guy. So it's, joystick waggling comes up all the time. I'm gonna I'm gonna just pick some out that I that sure. I, maybe it's time that you that you feel like all, worth all of the uh, all of the uh, uh, games, uh, the uh, uh, winter and summer, summer games, winters. world games. Those all have a ton of joystick waggling. They do. Um, a game. In fact, we just covered a game on the Amigos called Battle of the Ashes. It was a cricket game. It even has joystick waggling. I think Decathlon for the Atari you mentioned that's one of the all-time most painful games to play. It is. It is a button. It was. A, it's a joystick waggling nightmare uh, of a game. You know. You don't. It's funny. You don't see joystick waggling in the arcade. That's strictly. So it's basically a. Uh, it's a. It's a. It's a. Uh, it's an addition strictly for the home user. Right. You know. So it, which it is what it is. Um, so with that in mind, we are going to move on to the main event here. And try to decide which of our games are the best button mashers of all time. Oh, you don't want to put it like that, man. <laughs> I because, know. Because when you put it like that, I've won before we even announce yeah, what your enough. game is. So, uh, Brent, why don't you lead in this week with your choice of, of a button mashing game? I chose, as my button masher, the classic, the ever-loved track and field with a stipulation. Try a minute. Track and field? Who'd have thunk it? <laughs> With, shouldn't you just put track and field on the pie piece? I think you probably should have. <laughs> However, I, 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 I added in a stipulation. This was a, a specific look at the Atari 2600 version. Oh, that is, that is why. And, and, you know, the Atari 2600, certainly not known for its button mashing capabilities. No, uh, that's true. It had one button. Of course, it has one of the most important aspect built right into the box and that was it came with the track and field joystick holy moly i would say controller fair enough yeah would you say and i know there's been a lot of great pack-ins cds uh uh different peripherals I mean, really, when you think of Vectrix, all their all their games had pack-ins and overlays. Yeah. Uh, however, this might have been, <clears throat> in my humble opinion, the most important pack-in of a video game ever. Okay. Wow. I don't know about that. But yes. Yes. Because without this, you go from a button smasher to a joystick waggler, yeah. and I'm out. Oh, that, then I'm out. So you're not a waggler, you're you're a mashy. I told you, man. 100% mashy mashy. So, <clears throat> track and field. Let's first take a little step back and look at the arcade version where all of this was birthed yeah. from. Uh, of course, this was uh, developed and published by Konami uh, way back in 1983. Yeah. And this came, the cabinet on this came in a million different varieties. Yep. You had your cocktails, you had your stand-ups, you had your two players, you had your four players. Yep. And all of them were buttons. Well, we'll get back to this. Buttons everywhere. And when you uh, uh, fired it up, especially if you were playing that four-player cocktail with your buddy standing on the other side, and, and you're all just pounding this, pounding on this thing as hard as you can, uh, 
it, it rumbles throughout the arcade. Yeah. You when someone's playing track and field, you know it. You feel it. Yeah. If you got four people, you really holy feel it. moly, it's amazing. Uh, so. Track and field is really a bunch of mini games. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got your hundred meter dash, which is literally pound the button as fast as you possibly can. Yeah. You have your long jump, which is pound the button as fast as you can, and then press another button for a little while. Yeah. Uh, javelin throw, exactly like jump, long jump. Pound the button a lot, hit a button for a second. The difference is oh, they both have you hold the button for the angle. Right. Yeah. Correct. Um, you've got your hundred meter dash. Which is pound the button a lot and press your jump button a lot too. <laughs> uh, you talking about the hurdle? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. What did I say? You said dash. Yeah, 110 meter hurdles. Yeah. I apologize. Uh, then you have the event that does not fit with the rest of the game, but I love it anyway. Hammer throw. Yes. And hammer throw is all about timing. Yeah. It's all about. It's timing. a difficult event. It it's is usually very what difficult. takes you out. Yeah. It is one button to start you spinning with your hammer. And then the other button to throw the hammer at the angle you want. Timing is everything. Yeah. No that's endurance. A, that's a tough one. And then you have high jump, which is also less button mashing and more button technique to jump up over the high bar and qualify to go in and start the loop over. So what made this an arcade hit? Simplicity. You have absolute simple gameplay and you have competitive natures because you can get four people around this cabinet. Yeah. That is what made this game great. Have you ever played the cocktail version? Yes. I've never played it, and I would love to. You're I kidding me. I never, I never yes. saw one. It's beautiful. Oh, my gosh. It's have, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, we could, unfortunately, in our arcade, we are not yeah. situated to properly. Yeah, but you have to have a lot of space for You have like to that. be able yeah. to stand in front of and behind the cabinet yeah. to get the effect. Um, this was... An arcade game, when a lot of arcades were trying to get more complicated, uh, this went a different route and said, let's just make something somebody can put their money in, they can play for five minutes. Really, in 15 minutes, you've experienced everything that, that uh, uh, Track and Field has to offer. But you're going, it's the replayability is off the charts because it saves high scores and it makes you want to get in there and beat that high score. And like I said, the competitive nature of it in general, when you're playing with your buddies, uh, and, and no one can say, well, you won because I don't know, I don't understand how the game works. It's all just hit the button with yeah. a little bit of timing. Its simplicity was brilliant. Yeah. It was absolutely brilliant. So when this came to the home market, uh, and it did, it came for everything. Uh, this thing was released on the Apple II, the Atari 2600, the 8-bit Atari, the MSX, the Nintendo, the Commodore 64, the Game Boy, the Amstrad, the Sharp X1, the ZX Spectrum, and the Nintendo DS, and later was even released for the Xbox 360 in a more of a compilation They, they released it for the DS? Yeah. You're kidding yeah. me. Yeah. Nope. How did that work? Uh, a lot of these later systems uh, started meshing track and field and hypersports together. Yeah, uh, and, which is the sequel. Right. Hypersports relied less on button mashing, although some of it was certainly still in there, and started adding more skill events like the hammer throw was uh, to kind of balance things out. And, and really, of my preferred, I probably prefer hypersports more than track and field. Uh, just because it has some very unique events. We actually covered hypersports, me and the boat, on one of the early episodes of the uh, of our Spectrum, our Sinclair show. So, and it was it was fun. It's and that's a game we go back to quite a bit in the arcade when me and you used to play. Absolutely, absolutely. So, all these all these uh, conversions made their way to the home market, and it was one year after it hit the arcade. Uh, and the versions of this range from horrible. I I, I hate to say, but the the the, Z, the ZX Spectrum version of this is really bad. I haven't seen it yet. It's really it. bad. I, I do. I recommend looking at it uh, just to see. But even things like the Commodore sixty four version and the NES version, uh, uh, some of them are lacking events, which is is uh, just disheartening. A lot of them cut out the hammer throw, for example. Um, a lot of them have 
aspects of the arcade that are missing, uh, like your meter per second run speed, stuff like that, you don't think is important until you play the game enough to judge how well you're doing based off that uh, meters per second timer. Mm. So, when it came to the Atari 2600, it's a stick-based system, and they said, what are we going to do to kind of make this stand out? So they packed in what is essentially a three-button controller. Yeah. Uh, Button one and three simulated left and right on your joystick. They were white, I believe. Uh, Button two, which was red, was your jump button. And that's it. That's the entire joystick. Yeah, and that's all right you need. The, uh, joystick port. That's yeah. all you need to play uh, track and field and yeah. a few other games. Uh, this was the official home video game of the 1984 Summer Olympic Games. Beautiful. That's where Mary Lou Retton rose up from a small town of West Virginia <laughs> to become right. the gold medalist, all-around gymnastic female gold medalist for 1984. When she stuck and scored a perfect 10 on that vault. Yes. I've never been more proud to be an American or a West Virginian that one day. I'll never forget that it. Was, Glorious. That was That's a also the year that the Soviets boycotted. That was. And was, McDonald's <laughs> took a bath on all those game cards because they have <laughs> American dominated. That is correct. Soviet, uh, Soviet team being here. So it was a good year. So <clears throat> the, Soviet. The, uh, uh, while the 2600 version of this game was the official Olympic game, the official Olympic computer was the Atari 8-bit system. Okay. Sure. Why not? Yeah, right. Yeah. It's hard to wait. How, what year did this come out in the arcade? Eighty-three. That's a, that is astounding. It's that yes. old because it's got good graphics. It's got audio. Yeah. You know the arcade version had, it was very colorful. Yes. It looks. It stands up visually. It stands up perfectly well. Absolutely. Because it, it. You it, don't think about it being that old a game. It took a simple approach. It had some Easter eggs in it, which yeah. unfortunately did not make the home port to so the twenty six hundred. Like killing the duck. Yeah. Well, yeah. alien. Okay. Whatever. It's a flying squid. So, uh, when you bring this home and you squish all this arcade action onto a twenty six hundred cart. Yeah. And you see a pack in that is a joystick. Uh, and their controller. Correct. And they're claiming on the box is a $12 value. A lot of times when you see that, you're like, this game's going to suck. Yeah. They're adding in extra stuff to get you to buy this when really you're buying garbage. Yeah. Absolutely not the case for the 2600 track and field. Holy cow. This is by far... The most arcade perfect playing, obviously not looking, but playing version there is. It stands so far above the rest. It has all the events. It has all the meters you want. It has uh, uh, all the enough graphics there that is fluid. It is pretty. The sound is probably the weakest aspect, and yeah. it is still. Fine. Yeah. It has all of the uh, raising and lowering of octaves, just like the arcade. The crowd noise whenever you qualify. You're talking about the octaves when you leap. Leap yeah. or throw the javelin yeah. or... Yeah, that's right. Thank you. Uh, this is so perfect of a, a arcade translation on a such an old system that it blew my mind. Absolutely blew my mind. And they were smart enough to make the game difficult. They could have easily either made this super easy or super hard, and they didn't. They gave it three skill levels, and the skill levels, only thing it changes is the qualifying score. So really, play it on the easiest difficulty. There's no reason not to. That gives you the best chance of seeing all the events, it's the way to play it, yeah. Because nothing else changes. Uh, it has a score, so you know you can play for individual events: best time, best leap, best throw, all that good stuff. Or you can play as a total package, play for the highest score against your buddies. Two players simultaneous play. If you have two of the joysticks, plug them both in. It's which we never good did to that. Go. that been awesome. we, we didn't because yeah. we only had one one of the uh, special controllers. Holy cow, holy cow, I can't say it enough. This game was amazing. 
amazing. You had to love this. Give me your opinion. Well, <clears throat> I will confess that I had this controller up until a few years ago, and I sold it. <laughs> I, it breaks my heart. But I, mean, I, I, I know where I, I'm going back. Yeah, it's not I, that expensive. But, I remember playing this when I was a wee lad. Just to comment on the original arcade machine, uh, this was a real great popular machine, and they came in. This is the game. This is the machine you often hear about people devising button smashing gimmicks, a, a, a pencil, uh, two pencils. Yes, they'd put a pencil in the middle of the buttons, and they would go back and forth with that. People, I, I've heard of people make a little Lego devices. Yep. I played the, a version of this that at the uh, our old Goldmine arcade that was they'd replaced all the buttons with trackballs. Yes. So you had two trackballs and you would just spin those trackballs and that was glorious. And because these were those smooth rolling trackballs from those days, and you could really crank up the uh, your abilities in yes. this game with the trackball. Yes. And, and and I don't know if that was an official add-on or, or really. official releases. In the arcade, you could play this with buttons, yeah, joystick waggling. Really? Yes. I never had, saw that. Yes. And with a trackball. What idiot would put that in their arcade? You'd be it, insane. You'd be breaking a lot of sticks. Yeah. But uh, so this game, I, I, I much respect. I played this uh, a lot, and it's one I go back to. Now that much said, uh, the Atari. If you put yourself in the frame, the mindset of what was happening. I see. In, I, in I'm, the, I'm already getting ready Atari, to be mad. I'm not done. If you go back and think about, okay, you've got the Atari system. It's literally this is the console, with the exception of maybe the Fairchild Channel F or the Odyssey, where you've got as little to work with as you possibly can. Okay. I mean, really, it's yes. the bare minimum. And so, um, in today's eyes, you'd look at this and you'd be like, "Oh my God!" But in the day when it was released, oh, this is no. a pretty good looking no. game. This stands and, up. And well, hold on, let me go. And and it was a good looking game. It looked okay. I mean, it wasn't like I like the cath line blows it away visually. There's no doubt. And there's a direct competition here between the cath line, David Crane's the cath line, I might add, and yeah. from Activision and yeah. Track and Field for Cameron. Now that much said, uh, the cath line used the joystick waggling for its for all of its events, and it had way more events than Track and Field. So of course yes. the cath line came second. Yes. So they saw what their track and field did, like, well, we can do this and we'll add some stuff. Yeah. And it was glorious. The Catalan's a glorious game. But with exceptions. But track and field was the number one. And secondly, and I, I'm gonna give you this because you're right. Uh, when you add the beautiful control pad, and this thing was just a, a rectangular box, it was blue, had two white buttons and a red button, and it had the track and field logo sticker in the middle. Yep. You sat this down. Uh, you know, put it between your knees Strapped or whatever you something. did, or rubber yeah. band it to the desk. This, and you're right, this gave you the most authentic arcade experience of any of the track and field games. Yes. And it all comes down to the controller. When you have the controller, you at the joint, the graphics are sort of secondary to the yeah. controller. You know you're representing, I mean, you can almost put dots on the screen. You put, yeah. Because you know what's happening. And when you're hitting those buttons, you're not really, you're really vaguely paying attention to what's going on. Certain events, you don't even look at the screen. The Atari had, uh, they did a good job getting everything in there. Uh, and again, the sound effects are passable given what the you know the Atari had to work with. But I, the controller does make this game. If you don't have this controller, you know, you're pretty much boned. And you're right, we would experiment with other games with it. Yeah. I don't remember it working for a whole lot of stuff. Well, it, it was left, right, and shoot. Right. So, game yeah. for you just had to worry about left, right, and shoot. It was awesome. I mean, I don't know if we ever actually tried it in Decathlon. We probably should have because it probably would have done pretty well. And now that I think about it, because if you think about it, you waggle the joysticks to move and jump to jump, you probably would have worked pretty well in, in on, Decathlon. On some events. So maybe, the, hey, I may do that. I, I know we're locally where I can get one of these, and I kind of want to go back and get it. Now let me hit you with some awesome trivia about this All right, this go game. ahead, man. First, let's talk a little more about the uh, controller. Inside of this controller, you have... Actual micro switch leaf uh, micro switches in the controller. Really? I can't remember actual, how you get it open. Does it have screws? Screws in the okay. back. Okay, I didn't even know that. They are actually the, the long leaf buttons. No kidding. Yes. Hmm. So that is why. Because you get good action on those things. This is, yeah, it's absolutely arcade perfect. Could you replace those with actual arcade buttons? They are actual arcade hmm. buttons. Okay. There, there is that. There is no. Like the that arcade. is a twelve dollar value, right there. It, it is, yeah. especially in modern times. Uh, also, this game almost made a tragic error. Yeah. Uh, 
there was flip-flopping on what to call this for the home systems. All right. Why would you change the name? You had the arcade appeal of track and field. Yeah. So you can call it track and field. People can refer back to the arcade. Everything's good. But this was the official game of the 1984 Los Angeles Olympics. Yeah. Which, since they had the ability, they had the rights, they were going to call this Los Angeles 84. And it got it went back and forth. Uh, oh, Los Angeles Olympics 84, I believe, was the full name. It went back and forth so much so that there are prototypes with that name as the title screen. Really? Did they change it on the game as well? Because there were the Trinket Flow yes, logos in there. I mean, no, sort of. No, that's what I'm that's what I'm talking about. They oh, have it in game. Oh the wow! Game, the open I never screen. heard that. That's yeah. crazy. So I think that would have been a colossal mistake. Well, it yeah. But I think I, why would you not want to jump off the what the arcade? Well, I think that's what them. they weighed. I think they said how popular is the Olympics with the video game crowd, and how popular is track and field with the video game crowd? Who's going to be buying this? Now, could they have gotten some more impulse buys if they would have named it after the Olympics? With the especially how big those the Olympics were for the for the United States. I believe was that the Olympics for Muhammad Ali. Uh, no, that would have been that they that time they, they went back to L.A. I believe because there's one of those great Olympics where Muhammad Ali took the torch and lit it. And I'll never forget that. I brought a tear to my eye. You know, I'm a big Muhammad Ali fan. Uh huh. And uh, I think I think it was the L.A. Olympics where he did that, but I don't know if it was that particular L.A. Olympics. I know this is a sidebar, but I yeah. just want to listen. The Olympics. <laughs> I used to really. If it's hard to explain the uh, uh, importance of the Olympics now, because no one cares as much. That's In true. the old days, there was nothing on TV. Everyone watched Olympics all the world over, and it was awesome. People. I mean, there was a much bigger deal when I was a kid. Yeah. The Olympics were. Uh, it was a much bigger deal when they came on. That you watched the Olympics. There was nothing else on. Everyone else, yeah. no one tried to compete on TV. So you watched all the Olympics, all the crazy events and stuff. So when this game came out, like they came out right at the right time. Well, and they, like I said, that's why they had the debate. Yeah. The internal debate. They made the right decision. But I think for the longevity of the game, this was the yeah, correct absolutely. way to go. Uh, on the old eBay, this game could be had for a song. Yeah. It literally, uh, if you just want the cart, you're looking at. at Less than twenty dollars all day long. Oh yeah. Now that's if, just the car. If you want the total package, that's what you gotta have. Uh, uh. And here's the thing: the most valuable part of track and field for the Atari Twenty Six Hundred, it's not the game. Yeah. It's not the controller. Yeah. It's the box. Oh yeah. Because this box was unlike any other Atari Twenty Six Hundred box because it had that controller inside the box yeah so that box Thicker. is highly highly sought after really uh Man, and can push the box. price <laughs> up to 200 american Ooh. dollars yeah because i know the controller doesn't go for that much that's I've seen correct that. yep it's all about the box that's crazy man that's crazy well let's you know we do have a, a user review on this if you want to yeah, let's crank it up so our good buddy graham w vebke chimed in on track and field this week he said, track and field features six events in three difficulty settings, and it can be played with a standard joystick or with the pack-in track and field controller, which is a far better choice for this yes. game if you have it. I still struggle controlling the running and hurdle events, but I love the formula <laughs> of this game. It's simply speed, timing, and angles as the key factors for success. In my opinion, it is the best pick-up-and-play sports title in the 2600. And you can see how it la it's later influenced other, uh, on other games like Summer Games by Epic's which further improved upon its formula. 7.5 out of 10. Yes. I, uh, listen, that, this is one of those games that changed the genre. Of it games. is. It really, it really is. did. And it even, if you want to get crazy about it, and some people might not make the connection, and maybe there's no connection to make, but even your Wii games, with the simplicity of some of those games, uh, of the WiiWare titles, where it's, you play mini game after mini game that's, four or five seconds long each one, they can kind of root back to this because that's what these games were. They were not meant to play for hours and hours and hours at a time. You play 10 minutes of track and field, and you can be done. But here's the catcher. You're going to pick it up 
a month from now, a year from now, and you're gonna love it just as much as the very first time you played it. The replayability of this game, off the charts. I agree. Off the charts. Decades of replayability. I gotta agree with you on this one. I think that's. I think it was a, a, a good choice. It was the only choice for this show, and I think the Atari Absolutely. 2600 version was a standout version. It, the best of the best. Yeah, sure. So, I guess I'll have a go here. Yeah. So, what did you bring to the table? When you look past, um, when you Quality. look past track and field style games mm -hmm. for button masters category, um, I discovered that the uh, the play field gets a little slim, uh, Brent. Yeah, shooters, man. No, them out no. there. See, I didn't look at shooters in that in that vein. So, what I chose this week was a game that I was actually, we owned up until, what, about... Uh, about a month ago. About a mo No, it's been longer than a month. Uh, it's been a couple months ago. And the game we chose, I chose on this one, was The Main Event. A, also, uh, a Konami game, yes. I might add. So, uh, this is an arcade game. Uh, and it came out uh, five years after yours. In uh, 1988, in Japan and North America, and this is a pro wrestling. I know you're happy to hear it, but I, it's, I, I, it was what I knew about pro wrestling arcade game. Um, just for fun, I got a little list here of other games that came out about the same time for comparison. Okay? All right. So this is '88, and the reason I mention this is because there's a relevant game here, and that is '88 uh, game. Yes. Came out, which is a, a another. Uh, button smashing hyper sport style arcade right. game and it's great it is really good um, uh, a few other games that came out about the time a uh, checkered flag contra on the old uh, nintendo uh, crazy cop uh, top gun yeah if you can believe that uh, and uh, the uh, uh, amazingly also listed here amongst these is the play choice 10 version of track and field you know one thing we should mention before we move completely out of track and field is that we we had the uh, Nintendo track and field style game. What was that thing called? You Stadium that? event. And it had the big pad that you Stadium ran on. Stadium event. Trust me when I tell you, I would have killed a man to have the Atari pad for that game. <laughs> Stadium <laughs> events was a game devised by the devil yeah. to punish the fat. Yeah, yeah. And it worked. So anyway, the main event in Japan. This is known as Ringo no Oja or King of the Ring, which is you know sort of a that's a, it used to be a pay-per-view WWE yeah. used to run back in the day. So, what do you do in this game? This arcade game was a four-player, simultaneous, huge tag team game. It was middle, huge middle size, little, was little a, screen. Yeah, it was. It was a middle. It was. It was very much like a like say a gauntlet. It was slightly larger. You know, gauntlet. You're playing four players. You're smushed in there, man. Yeah. This was a little bit more roomy, but not by much. Well, it had that same. That same weird cockeyed, the two people on the edges get screwed. Yeah. Uh, but the main event screen was was tiny. It, it was, was a, it was a, a fifteen a fifteen or seventeen inch monitor, small small monitor. Yeah. I think it was a fifteen actually, which is one of the downfalls for me. I uh, uh, I remember when this came out because I was always I was hungry for a good wrestling game. I always looking, and when you look at this to look at this game, uh, it looks and sounds. Awesome! Oh my gosh, the, the sound, audio in this. When you hit start on it, you hit this music. It's plays this like theme, and you go and pick your wrestler from a from a list of wrestlers. So there, and the wrestlers are they're not visibly divided, but there's actually different weight classes of wrestler in this. Right. That makes a difference. So you've got in the cruiserweight division, you've got uh, Kamikaze Ken, which I'll get into more detail on these guys later. The Maui Mauler. El Condor and the San Antonio Smasher. Then you've got heavyweights, which are Saturn Six, Bigfoot Joe, and Alan the Empire. And then there's a balanced guy, Conan the Great. Okay, so you've got all these guys. Now you are picking two wrestlers to yeah. work with here. Okay, um, and you once you pick them, you you hear the announcer tonight in the main event, and it tells your guys' names yes. and it says who you're fighting. Then it goes to sort of a black. The graphics of the wrestlers are big and awesome, and they and they're animated. So when you go across, uh, it's almost like a street fighter. When you go across the little picture of your guy, he'll move and yeah. he he does his little animation, which is which is pretty cool. Now, uh, the gameplay itself 
is where the button smashing comes into play on this. One thing that you'll see, this game is very easy to identify. I don't think there's ever been a game with a control scheme like this one, and there probably shall be one <laughs> no, game. And there never should be. This game had four players, four joysticks. <clears throat> Each player had a tag button. Yes, it's labeled a, tag. A normal tag. And then they had an action button. The action button was appropriately named because the button was the size of a Coke can bottom. Yes. And it glowed. Okay, yeah. it was it was lit. It was a lit raised button. All right, it was big. It reminds me of something you hit on like a game show. To like yes. buzz in. <clears throat> um, yep. This button was a tough button. I will say that it could take quite a bit of abuse. And uh, again, it was lit. And it was also sat an yeah, inch it was above a, the rest of the inch, control not panel. That far, it was an inch, it was, a solid inch. It was it was about a quarter of an inch. It uh, was a solid inch, yeah, folks. Ignore him. So, Solid inch. So anyway, when you play this game, guess what? The tag button will tag in your partner. Makes Simple. sense. Everything else you do is the action button. Every bit of it. <clears throat> so you walk up to another wrestler and you want to punch or kick him. Do you hit the punch or kick button? No. You That's hit the it. action button. There is no button. punch or kick button. To do a standing drop kick. Yeah, makes sense. Action button. Oh, okay. To grapple, action yeah. button. Oh. To perform moves, action button. What? what to go what, for a pin, action button. But but what if I want to, uh, uh, say, throw him off the road? Well, in that case, you use the action button. Oh, but what 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 if I don't want to throw him off the road? Action ropes? button. <laughs> okay, fair if enough. If you want to submit, if you want to do anything, <laughs> action button. So this game's gimmick was. Right, super fast taps on the action button. Now, to to and this requires some explanation. You your wrestler would behave in a different way given the proximity he was to the other wrestler. Yeah. If you were real far away, he could do his like a leaping maneuver if he had one, like a drop kick. If you were closer, he would throw a punch or a kick. And if yeah. you were right on top of the guy, run into him, they would perform the grapple all with the butt. Sometimes. Now once you were engaged with the wrestler to grapple, you would tap the button as fast as you can, and then a, a meter would show up, mm -hmm. and you and you, that would allow you to perform your technique, or him to or the computer or your opponent to perform their technique, depending on who won the button smash battle. Now, let's say you body slam a guy, and you're going to do a submission hold, <coughs> or a choke, or whatever. Right. Once you apply that hold with the button, you tap the button. And your opponent will tap his button to try to escape, and a meter will show up, and yeah. it's contested. If you are a good enough player, and I've seen Brent do this, and I've even done it a few times, you can win a match on, like, your first move where you put him in a submission. If yes. you're quick enough and on the button. And you're in your corner. Yeah. You could go, but yeah, to keep the other guy from coming in to get you. Uh, but you will wear out quickly in this game because it is all button mashing all the time. It is very frustrating. Let's just put it that way. Now, before we get into that, let's talk about the wrestlers themselves. So, and it's funny. I looked in Wiki and a couple other places to see what they thought about these wrestlers because I've got a pretty good knowledge of, of pro wrestling history. And the funny thing is, I don't necessarily agree with all of these, but I, I'm gonna, so El Condor is a masked luchador yes. style wrestler, okay, he, and he looks a lot. I've, I heard him compared to uh, uh, Mil Mills Mascaris, also uh, El Canic. Uh, I would say he's, I would say El Condor is sort of a hybrid of just a luchador. Yeah, because, I mean, you could even put him into a more modern wrestler like Mysterio, and it would fit. Well, yeah, but he comes out of the cape and stuff, which is, like, this is a classic uh, lucha-style Mexican wrestler. And, yeah. and believe it or not, Lucha Libre uh, it's pretty. It has a good following in Japan where this game was made, and so there's every possibility that they just like an amalgamation of guys. Sure. Uh, then you've got Conan the Great. Conan the Great is the Hulk Hogan. Yes, hundred percent with more hair and white there's hair. No, there's no doubt about that one. Then you've got the Maui Mauler. The Maui Mauler looks like every uh, Samoan or Fijian wrestler, or that you see a, a Polynesian wrestler. I saw it off. I saw a lot of people compare him to Haku slash Ming, yeah. uh, that guy, and that's. I, mean, I don't. I doubt that's exactly where they got the idea, but I think he's much like, much like El Condor. It's a sort of an amalgamation of a sure, Poly I can see that. Polynesian wrestler. Then you've got Kamikaze Ken. 
Now, Kamikaze Ken almost certainly looks just exactly like Ricky Steamboat, all the way yes. down to the head, the red 100%. headband. Uh, and Ricky Steamboat, great wrestler uh, from the from the eighties into the nineties, a tremendous guy. I actually met him; he's a real nice guy. Um, San Antonio Smash is interesting. A lot of people say that he is Coco Beware. He is Coco Beware. There's a little Coco Beware in there, but he also reminds me quite a bit of Iceman King Parsons, if you know no, who that is. No, but you don't know because, who that is. But that's the thing. No one knows who that is. Everyone knows well, who Coco listen, Beware Ice is. Iceman did tours in Japan. It's Don't not, try to step on my toes in no, wrestling, it, It's not Iceman, guys. Anyway, it's, a, it's Coco Beware. There's a little Coco in there. There's no bird either. There's no Frankie. It's 100% Coco. Uh, then you've got Saturn 6. Now, a lot of people say, oh, this is clearly uh, a tribute to the demolition right now. This guy is another guy who's an amalgamation yes. of both the Road Warriors and, and demolition. maybe demolition, but yeah. mostly the. I mean, they, he looks like sort of like a road warrior, a animal, animal type, correct? With the yeah. with a road warrior hawk had the single mohawk, but he's oh, a, he's a yeah. big, weird road warrior ripoff. Again, we've seen these sorts of wrestlers many times. Now, Bigfoot Joe. There's no doubt about Bigfoot Joe. Bigfoot Joe is King Kong Bundy. With red hair, bald, I, I, balding red hair. I, I mean, even to the stare that his portrait, the off, the off, uh, to one side stare that he is, he does. King Kong Bundy, by the way, who recently passed as a recording of this. I, I was a big fan of of, of, the, of yeah, King Kong Bundy. I always like he had a great look. But it's funny if you watch his older stuff in Texas, Bundy had a full head of jet black hair. Well, I'm sure most. And so. If you ever want to see what this, if you ever, if you go get your uh, Photoshop, go find an old picture of Buddy with his hair, turn it red. That that is this guy. Yes, that yes. would be Bigfoot Joe. Complete singlet, the whole nine yeah. yards. Then you've got Alan the Empire. So Alan the Empire is a giant. Yeah, he's Andre. But he's Andre with, uh, but he's got a red hair and a yeah. beard. You know, so that. But I mean, there's no little doubt. In, yeah, in, because it, they even go on his. Uh, uh, his character portrait, not in the game, uh, not uh, not in the actual match, but before the matches, shows his hand, and his hand is is massive. Yeah, and, yeah. which is Andre's really famous yeah. for. So, those are the guys you have to pick from. It's a pretty diverse group, you know. And obviously, Konami wasn't paying Jack Squat for the licenses, no. sucker. So they, and which is the Japanese tradition. A lot of these wrestling games, they just rip off, you know. And this was not even close to the worst offender. I mean, stretch your imagination. There's a much worse. Total ripoffs in other wrestling games. So they actually tried to, they sort of tried to do something here. They didn't try real hard so on some of them. When you, when you wrestle with your guys, like I said, different sort of different weight classes will do different moves. Uh, the, the lighter classes will do uh, drop kicks, brain busters, back breakers. Uh, the heavier classes will do uh, bear hugs and pile drivers, you know, big stuff like that. Uh, guys will drop elbows. Guys can come off the top rope. I wasn't a top rope dynamics. This are kind of your guy Big shambles army. up the top rope like a I don't know what, and then leaps off. The one thing that I can say about this is gameplay wise, the game as beautiful as the game is looking, it doesn't play all that well or smoothly. No. Uh, most of like I said, most of the actual moves in the game are situational, depending on your point in the ring, uh, in contrast to your opponent. Uh, you, I mean, if you're at his feet, you may do a figure four or a Boston Crab. If you're at his head, you may drop an elbow. Uh, it, it is a, a, a nutty. It's a, the concept of this game is nutty in the fact that you use one button for everything. And in a weird way, it, you can almost see how it works, but it doesn't work, unfortunately. I, don't, I never liked it. And the fact that you can't control... Your guys will do a series of things. For example, if you're punching, you're, you're hitting a button, punch. You're hitting a button, punch. You're hitting a button, punch. And then on the fourth move, usually, they'll do their next-in-line move. But then that's how you would get to it. But then sometimes you can get that next move to come off just because you're a few uh, steps behind where you were. It'll just default yeah. to it. you know. And they really, with the exception of the energy going down, there's no benefit to the other punches. And if you're going to go for a submission, uh, it doesn't matter. When you go for a pin, exact same thing. It's sort of a contested button smash event where you're going as fast as you can. Now, when you're playing the computer... You don't. The, you're basically just. It just sort of sets the difficulty of the pin yeah. attempt, and it varies depending on how much damage the characters take it. Now, this is a classic Coinami uh, quarter muncher. Yes. Up in the up in the upper part of the screen, you'll see a picture of your guy and his health, and it's a it's a number, and um, the more damage you take, the the more the number goes down. 
and or just standing around it goes yeah down. it automatically goes down <laughs> but i mean you take when you do get damage it goes down quicker you can always just add a quarter and get tons more energy yep uh so what's so there's that now another weird thing about this game that i it's i don't think i've ever seen a game that did this you let's say i'm out there with my tag team by the way i always used to play the maui mauler by the way the maui mauler looks a lot like uh, the tonga tonga kid to me anyway i used to play the maui mauler and El Condor were the team I like to play. Um, you could be out there and you're not paying attention, or you just your hand hurts or whatever, and you lose a match. Okay. Yeah. Your the game's not over. No. The game will keep going to a next match, and whatever energy you had left is what you start with. Yeah. You lose energy for losing the match. Yeah. You. you but you, as long as you have energy, you yeah. Can keep so you playing. could you could lose ten matches in a row if, if you, you had get, enough energy. Yeah. If you put enough quarters in to get that much energy. Uh, you could, you could, and I think there's a ceiling. I can't remember. So nine thousand nine hundred ninety-nine. Yeah. Uh, after you, after the event, there's a newspaper headline, yeah. and it and it sort of takes a still frame picture of, of your guys looking cool, and it have a you know it'll have a thing. I'm like, go for the next match. Nobody should say uh, the announcer will say it doesn't say that, but <laughs> he'll say something, and then you move on, and they re- announce the next the next bout. Um, the uh, the gameplay in this though was a real bummer. And the, the funny story is, the reason we owned this game, uh, I found it, I was looking for a new arcade cabinet to turn into a main cabinet, and I wanted a four-player cabinet, and I knew what, I knew what main event was, because we actually owned the board for it. And a guy around here was selling one complete for $50. Yep. So I drove to his house and picked it up, and we had it here forever, uh, and uh, before I finally did anything with it. But it was such, the problem with this machine, it was that it was the damn action button. The way it's positioned in the control panel made it almost impossible to do anything with, the, yeah. you know, redrilling the control panel. And so I just gave up. And eventually I ended up selling it. I think I got just about what I paid for. I think I paid 75 bucks. Or I sold it for 75 bucks. I may have made a few bucks. And the guy was happy to get it because he liked, he liked the main event and I had an extra control panel for it. But uh, we had it for quite a while. And how many times did we actually sit and play main event on it? Me, none. Yeah, it it it, it was uh, not not the best game. Now, but here's some interesting stuff about it that I thought uh, was uh, the trivia that I did not know. So there is a Japanese version, as I mentioned, King of the Ring. Uh, it has different rules and different gameplay. So one of the things I, that this is an odd one. For starters, you can only play as Conan or the Kamikaze Kid. Which That's would be you cannot play as anybody else. Well. Yeah. This is in the grand tradition of a game like Matt Mania, where you yeah. can play with one guy, despite the fact there were tons of other guys. And even in Mania Challenge, you couldn't play as the other guys. And so that was always a sticking point. It would have been fun to be able to play as the Karate Fighter or Coco Savage or you know Golden Hall. Here's or, the difference, though. In this game, all the fighters just do... Uh, uh, there's a set of moves... Some fighters do move A. Some fighters yeah, do cruiser move B. Weight, but yeah. there's no there's no specialty moves. There is a well. There, no, that's not true. There are special moves. Okay, there are special moves, but they aren't. Unlike Matt Mania, like their special moves are end moves where after they do them, they basically pin you. The, right. The, the you know the insane warrior slam and all all that stuff. Uh, in this game, they don't really have anything like that. Yeah. So you could have easily and obvious by the American version, you could have easily let people play whoever they wanted. Yeah. the, uh, the there In this game, you have your signature moves, but the signature moves are so lame that you probably didn't even notice them. Figure four, camel clutch, Boston crab, and you can do them anytime you want. So you don't even, if, if you're in the right position, you can go for it. I should mention, there's also a chair outside the ring. You can hit somebody with that. You can go outside the ring, but the outside the ring part's not that good either. So, aside from the fact that you can only play two guys, in Japan, you also had another button. Yeah. What's it? You had an attack button and a grapple button and a tag button. This is a far more logical concept for a game like this and far more traditional way to go. Uh, if you compare this uh, to a, a game, uh, an older game, such as a Map Mania, this is, with the exception of the graphics and sound, this is inferior in every conceivable way. Every bit. You know, it's. Except uh, the announcement. The gameplay, maybe. the gameplay, even Map Mania had some pretty amusing announcing in it. Uh, you know, for, for, for <laughs> the glory. Um, in the Japanese game, uh, the uh, the game only lasted five matches. Yeah, win or lose, you can win all five matches. It doesn't matter. Your game's over. Yeah. Uh, the uh, 
the tag button I should mention, you would think you might be able to get some action out of doing something. Doesn't, I've never seen it do anything but do, actually tag, tag an opponent. Um, so, as we mentioned, it's got a cool announcer that you hear. It's got cool music. How cool is the music? The game soundtrack was produced by the Konami Kakua Club and published by King Records in uh, July of 89 as part of the Konami Game Music Collection Volume Zero. And it's got actually uh, four songs off the, off the game. The main event, which is the title demo, it's 19 seconds. Then you've got Who is the Strongest, Exciter, that's when you finish the game, a, a level, and You Shall Smart for this, the game over screen. So you can actually pick this game up and and, and play and, and listen to the tunes if, if you wanted to. And the soundtrack's good, but it's not CD good. If you Again, in the American versions, you have to defeat 15 different tag teams to be the champs. You, I would jump off a cliff if I had to do that. <laughs> uh, so that, I always thought that was kind of fun. I've never done that, by the way. So I, I don't know what that looks like. I've never seen anyone even attempt it. I've um, seen people cheat and do it. It's, it, it. There's no there's no belt ceremony. There's no, like, you are the champ. It literally, after you win the, the champ, the belts, there are no belts. After you win the tournament, whatever, it just the next match is like, you're defending your first defense, second defense, third defense, so it's super lame. Uh, there's a there's a game released the same year called The Final Round by Konami. It's got a lot of the same sound samples. I've actually played that. Um, something I thought was interesting, in 2010, I, this shows you why this service failed. The main event was re-released on the Microsoft Game Room service for the 360. You remember that? The virtual game room service? This, what would you hit on the controller to make that work? <laughs> Can you imagine? Um, something else I thought was amusing... Uh, the the developmental engine for this game uh, was used for other titles. Did you know that? Oh yeah, uh, Crime Fight, right? And one other notable title, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Right on, what do you mean? Yeah, yeah I'm not, I can't think I'm of a single similarity that. of that. Uh, four player, four player, two button. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, look at it visually. Oh, oh no, yeah, I get it. I get what you're saying. Crime Fighters looks a lot like it, but yeah, I get it. I get what you're saying. Now I looked this up. Uh, on the eBay, there were no full machines going. It's funny because I paid practically nothing for this and then sold it for practically nothing. But uh, the uh, the board for it, the JAMA board, which we may or may not still own, I don't know if we have it or not, fifty bucks. Yeah. The it, marquee for no it, one's gonna forty. Pay that. And I will say the marquee is not a hard marquee. It's yeah, a it's soft. a soft marquee. We should talk about before we end this. We should talk about the actual. Art on this machine because it's the great. art on this thing. Well, it's not. It is it's great. It's it is cheesy as as hell. The art on it are multiple wrestlers who aren't in the game. That's right. They're not real wrestlers. Correct. And there's a Mean Gene ripoff. Yes, who's featured heavily. And all these uh, there's a set of twins. I believe there's a there's a, there's a big muscular guy with sus, like sparkle suspenders. There's a yeah. there's a long haired like rock and roll guy, and it's. The pictures of them all over the cabinet, all over the control panel. There's a ring girl that, uh, holding up a sign, which I don't. There's no ring girl in the game. Yeah. The cabinet art. I urge you. I'll, I'll, I'm sure I'll throw something up here. It is cheese horrific. It's it great. It is cheese horrifically bad. It's terrific. It's. I mean, I mean, you mean terrific in a horrible way. I love it. Well, it. But I mean, it's horrible. Okay. No, 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 no. We'll get. We'll get to the user please, review. Please go ahead and tell me your you, opinion. You've got to step through me reviewing this game. Okay, now. go ahead. Okay. This game is crap, and it's not just kind of crap. It's the kind of crap that makes other video games look bad by comparison. Where you take the button mashing of I track like and make field. Them look good Shut by up. Comparison. Oh, sorry. When you have track and field, and you have the simplicity that turns into beauty, it's wonderful. This game, you have simplicity that turns into garbage. It is absolutely horrible. You can't do what you want to do. You basically pound on the button as hard as you can. The button was prone to breaking yeah. because it was hollow inside so they could jam a light bulb up through it. Yeah, it shattered. So almost all of these broke and injured people. Yeah cut people's hands. Yeah, the stories. And, and literally, you could be smashing the button, right? Everything's good. And then you hit it one time, you go through the button, <laughs> and through the light bulb, which is actually, like, the, the top of the button is thin plastic. The light bulb is like, it's not glass, but it's thicker plastic. 
and uh, people will have to get stitches. <laughs> the game can physically hurt you because it's so poorly designed. Uh, the only redeeming quality this game has is the announcer uh, announcing the match is pretty good quality. Yeah, all the sounds good. The uh, the uh, 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 repetitiveness of it is off the charts. So it's fun for a match, maybe two. The graphics on this, while the graphics are okay for the era, the sprites are small compared to other wrestling games. Yeah. There is no dress-up. You have the little newspaper at the end, yep. and it has your guy standing there. It's the exact same pose as you see him everywhere else in the game where they're not actually sprites in the game. Yeah. Uh, horrible. Horrible. Horrible game. The only redeeming quality this game has is its cabinet because it has some of the best side art and kick art uh, and, and marquee I've seen in a wrestling game. I wish all the wrestling games looked like this. It's so over-the-top cheesy with the guy posing in the big muscle pose. The, he, he's... Uh, 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 it's got a mo the Mohawk guys on this, right? I don't. It, I don't it, think so. It's a punk guy. It's a punk yeah. guy. <clears throat> you got the 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 ladies there. The true stereotypical. I'm with a wrestler ladies. It's beautiful. Everything else about this game sucks. Well, I'm not gonna say you're wrong not on right. most of it. That's true about the button breaking. That does happen. I read a couple stories. Like. Eyewitness accounts of their friend punching through buttons. Yeah, because it's it, it's not it's a button that's meant to be on like a claw machine. It really is. It's supposed to be a big light up button that you. It hit looks just once, like that one. Like no one can see what you're pointing. <laughs> I know. At. We've got a claw machine. And it's got the same button. It, it's meant to be a button that you press and once to do an action. Yeah. Where in this game you're just pounding it like a track and field game. It, it's horrible. I think there's a little more atmosphere than you give it credit for, mm -hmm. but the game—I mean, it's all non-gameplay related. I, like I like the picture of you and your buddy posing in the ring. Then it turns into the newspaper. I think that's called just photo flash. That's not. That's that's not good. So enough. I mean, I think there. I'm just saying there is some atmosphere, and there's not even original thought because at least half the wrestlers are direct ripoffs. Well, that's a lot of wrestling games, though. So, but I mean, hey. It's a button masher, by God. You know what? Let's see if Graham backs me up. Well, listen, I'm not not backing you up on this. I have... Give it to me. Okay, Graham of Epke's review. The main event could have been another variation on wrestling games, which were all the rage at the time. But thankfully, this isn't a combo wrestling game and is a real button basher's dream. One big action button and one big tag button is all that's needed here. The humor in this game is what makes it great fun. The presentation is also decent. And along with an enjoyable multiplayer mode, and I really like El Condor and Saturn 6 as my tag team period. Saturn 6 is good. All the wrestlers have a signature move when you are in the right position to perform it, and that's fun when you can get it to work. But I do wish more effort was put into the graphics as they look a little dated now compared to other arcade titles of the era. 7 out of 10. So Graham clearly liked it a lot more than you did. Good job, Graham. Before Brent's head explodes, let's hit the music. Oh. Doo, 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 doo. Oh man, I so hated this game. You hate everything. Okay, so now, Brent, what was added this week? To the we week? added the Mattel Aquarius. Yeah, this is the Donnie. Yeah, that's right. Of the Age of Aquarius. Go ahead. Oh, whoa, uh -oh. we got a piece coming out that could affect the spin, ladies and gentlemen. Can you just jam it in there? <laughs> oh man, it looks so so rigged. Way to go, Aaron! You rigged the wheel. I do believe that is the Mattel Aquarius. Uh, yes. yes, yes, the Mattel Aquarius. Oh no, it's Rhythm Games. Rhythm Games. Rhythm Games. There it is, folks. Rhythm Games. So next week, Brent. Wow. See, you thought I'd screwed up. You spun this with such a vigor that you might have knocked out the piece. So, Brent, tell the folks what your idea is for rhythm game. A rhythm game is any game that you have to either follow a set of moves uh, or correctly input a set of moves based on either a... It doesn't have to be rhythm to music. It can be rhythm off its own, its own self. Does that make sense? No. Okay. Uh, it could be, like, prompts. It can be visual prompts. It doesn't have to be music prompts. Very good. So next week will be 
a rhythm game extravaganza. The rhythm is going to get you, as the song says. Dun, 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 That's dun. right. You want to say hi to any of the poor people? That we, we've had some internet issues today, so I don't know what the, what's going on in the chat room. Is everybody showing up? Uh, we had a few people come back. We had uh, uh, Graham, uh, Steve, Pixels made an appearance, uh, Mohawk Mall, uh, Pure came back around. And uh, Mohawk, that, Mohawk Mall sounds like he could have been in main event. He he, he would have made it better. Just his mere presence would have been. I, I mean, yeah, yeah, I think it would have been. Clearly, yeah. I mean, you never know. So there you go. Until next week, when we hop onto the Rhythm Game Express, this is Amigo Aaron and Brent signing off. And until then, woohoo!